Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Our big thought for this entire series is this, and we'll, we'll repeat this over the next four weeks, including today. Um, Journey Church Ventura is a church who is unapologetically committed to the heartbeat of the biblical mission of reaching people who have yet to experience the love, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ while growing together to become more like Christ. That's who we are. That we're unapologetic about making our lives, making our mission part of reaching those that have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And uh, at the same time, we're all going to grow together. We're all going to grow together to become more like Christ. And that's part of the journey groups. That's why we're in journey groups, is so we can grow. As we grow larger, we must continue to grow smaller so that our, our uh, intimacy, our togetherness doesn't get lost. I've been a part of a big church. I've been a part of a church of 3,500 people. And one of our missions in that church was to make sure that the size didn't degrade the value of relationships that happen inside the church. And so we had, uh, my wife Karen, ran 250 groups that uh, all met together in, uh, during the week uh, outside of the church so that we could continue to not only grow wide, but grow deep. And that's where you grow deep is in the groups. I, I love what we do here on the weekend, and we'll talk about what we do on the weekend next week. Um, but this week, I, I want to encourage you, we, we do great things on, on the weekend, but the depth isn't built here. The depth isn't grown here. The depth is grown in our groups. And as we go deeper in what we either teach on the weekends or we have other topics that we learn on, those are the, 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 the deeper parts of where we grow. And uh, look at each other and say, I, I grow because you're next to me. Yeah. Um, iron sharpens iron, creates sparks. That can create fire. But um, more importantly, it's that iron sharpening iron that helps us become more like Christ. And the closer we get, the more sparks that happen. But the reality is the sharper we become and the more likely we become like Jesus. So the whole idea of, of uh, our mission is to grow to grow and reach people outside these walls that have yet to discover Christ's love, uh, grace, and forgiveness at the same time growing together. That's a powerful thought, all right? Okay. I want to talk today about being on mission. Being on mission. It's an interesting concept. There's a, it's, it's, a, it's a word or a phrase that's used in the business world. It's a phrase that's used especially in the church world. And it may be common to you, so don't flip the switch yet. Uh, don't flip it off and say, um, uh, no, I've heard this already. I've heard about being on mission, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think, I pray today um, that the Lord is going to just stir your heart in a new way, a fresh way. Have you ever had your game face on? You know what a game face is? Yeah, you have your game face on, Packer fan? You're going down today. Seahawks are going to beat you up. Yeah. That's a game face. Now, it's not a Christian face, okay? <laughs> not necessarily a Christian face unless you're facing the devil, all right? You can get all game face on the devil. But 
a, a game face is that face that you make, and, and if you've played sports before, you know what it's like. I, I played football a little bit in, in high school, and there were guys, I, I wasn't into the whole bang my head against the locker thing, but there were some guys that would just like bang their heads against the locker and get their game face on. I was like, man, you're going to, no wonder you're brain dead. And so, <clears throat> you know, but they would get, get their game face on. It was like, whoa, you know, ah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> And they would go out of control. <clears throat> Can tell I'm not practiced on the game face thing. <clears throat> and so they would get it on, they, they would get their face on, and they would just make ugly faces and get up in people's faces and they bang on their sh- uh, shoulder pads and, and all these kinds of things. And, and uh, church, we need to get our game face on. We need to have a game face that says we are here to accomplish one task, one mission, and that is to reach this community for Jesus Christ. That is to obey Jesus, yes. And, and, and mission-focused mission people have a game face. Mission-focused f- people have this determination, this thing that says, uh, uh, man, that guy is on a mission. Have you ever been, in, in, like, seen somebody walk through the lobby or, or walk through your house or something, and they're walking so fast and they're so focused that you say to yourself, man, that guy's on a mission. Yeah. You said that before? Yeah, that's what, that's what we're looking for. Is, is, and that's what Jesus wants from us is people who are like on a mission. They're like, they're determined. They got their game face on. They're, they're going as far and as fast as they can to accomplish what God has called them to do. They're focused. They're serious looking sometimes. Uh, you'll see me on a mission. Sometimes I'm just on a mission to have fun. Okay, they're walking in a straight line. They have a sense of urgency. There's no right or left leanings. They are like one thing and they're gonna accomplish that thing. Maybe you're a business owner and you have a mission. You have a mission to make money or you have a mission to do whatever your business is and you're just like laser focused. When you're at work, you're at work and you're just not gonna be knocked to the right or to the left. You're accomplishing one task. That's awesome. Maybe you have a mission for your family. You're not gonna be knocked to the right or to the left. Maybe your grandparents and you're taking care of your grandkids and you have a mission for that. Whatever, your, your kids, you're, 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 you're on a mission to make sure that they know Jesus. And whatever the case may be, are you on a mission? Mission-minded people are clear about their objectives and committed to see it to the end. Committed to see it to the end. Most of us live life a little blurry. We're not that focused. We're not that clear about what we're about. I mean, just ask yourself in your mind, do you know what you're about? Do you know what your mission is? And there's, there's several missions that we can have in our lives. There's several missions we can, we can engage in. I'm not saying that, that there's only one. But, and there are several that we can engage in, but ask yourself, how clear are you? about what your mission is? How clear are you about what you're doing in your life? Because many of us, if not most of us, live this blurred existence. We kind of let life, we talked about this last week, kind of let life kind of control our, our destinies rather than our passion, direct our destinies. And our mission should for sure direct everything that we do. Our mission should direct everything that we do. The big question is this, what does living on mission mean? What does it mean to live on mission? Our mission statement as Journey Church Ventura is this, 
Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission statement. I hope, and next week or the week after, we'll have some tent cards for you to keep on your, your kitchen table, on your desk at work, uh, wherever you want to put it. But we're going to give you tent cards to put up somewhere, in your, maybe in your car, and it will remind you of what the mission is and what our strategy is. Those two really important things. So our mission is Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I will encourage you always to check and make sure that that mission statement is in alignment with Scripture. You don't want to be a part of a church that's doing its own thing outside of Scripture. And I don't ever want to be, as a pastor, I don't ever want to be off, off uh, task as it relates to Scripture. So Scripture very clearly says in Matthew 28, 19, it might say 29, if it does, I apologize. It says 28, 19, and 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So if we blended these two statements together, we would say that Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. That's the front part of Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's the who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, right? And then, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So we basically just reframed or rephrased the Great Commission. Because if we're doing anything less than the Great Commission, we're not being the church that God's called the church to be in the Bible. Amen on that? Okay, we all need to be in agreement on that. Because if, if we have any other mission, it's not biblical. If we have any other calling that is driving us in a different direction, that Journey Church Ventura exists to make uh, uh, tacos for everybody, okay? I had to think of something, and I, of course, it would always come to food. That's not a good mission. As good as it sounds and as wonderful as it is, it's not the mission of God. We're here to make disciples. We're here to reach those that don't yet know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that is our mission. It's one thing now to know the mission. Are we all in agreement about the mission? Okay. All right. It's one thing to know it. It's one thing to say, yes, we're in agreement. It's another thing to do it. It's another thing to live it out. It's another thing to say, this is what my life is about. Okay? And that's what God is calling us all today. He's calling us to the mission. He's calling us and clarifying for us the mission of God. And I'm not preaching uh, Ricardo's mission. I'm not, I'm not preaching our board's mission. I'm not preaching an idea about the mission. I'm preaching about the mission. And there's no better example of how to live out the mission than to look at Jesus. So we're going to do that. <clears throat> the context of this passage in, in John, John chapter 16, is uh, Jesus just had a conversation with his disciples. He's been traveling with his disciples. He's been showing his disciples what it's like to live a mission-filled life. He's been healing people. He's been raising the dead. He's been feeding 5,000 people. He's been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. 
And so in John, he starts to communicate and he starts to let them know that there is the mission that he is about to accomplish. It's not just all these things that he's been doing. There's something that he's very specifically came to do, and that was to die. Now, he just got done just above this passage of Scripture talking to Peter and his disciples, and he asked the disciples, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And some said, some people are saying the prophet Isaiah. Some people are, are saying these things about you. And then Peter spouts off and he says, but I believe you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And he confessed, Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah. And then Jesus said this to Peter. He said, you are going to be the rock in the gates of hell. You're going to be upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And Peter's like, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. Peter is a bold guy. Peter is a guy that just is just everything in. He's all in. He's, he's head first. He's, you know, he's just not going to ask any questions. So he makes this great confession. And then we pick up the story in verse 21 in chapter 16. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go. If, you're, if you have a, a, a physical Bible in your hands or if you have your, your uh, iPhone or, or phone, um, highlight that must go. Must go is missional talk. It's mission-focused talk. People who say, I must, have a mission. Right? I mean, would you kind of look at your heart and say, I must do this. I must make this happen. I must. That's a mission-minded person, no matter what the mission is. So from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Let me just ask you a question real quick. In your mind, in your heart, what must you do? What is the must in your life? What is the, the driving force? What is that thing that says, I must I must take care of my kids. Good mission. I must help uh, uh, serve the community. Good mission. I must, whatever that must is in your heart, what is it? What is it? Because Jesus had one mission, and that was to go and die and raise again so that he could redeem our lives. That's powerful. Verse 22 is this funny funny verse and, and kind of sad at the same time. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, Peter just made the confession that you are the Messiah, okay? Jesus then tells him, I'm going to go die. Peter pulls him aside and says, um, excuse me, Messiah, you got it wrong. <laughs> you got it wrong, okay? Listen, listen, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him Strong words. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. This shall never happen to you. He's talking to the Messiah. He's talking to the Messiah. And he has this plan that's going to override the Messiah's plan. How many of us think that we kind of know the way life should go? 
right? I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it, I, I have ideas about it. I'm going to live till I'm 103. Not the way I eat, but that's what my wish is. You know, I have these ways that I want life to go, but I don't know if they're in alignment with God's way he's going to end my life or he's going to take me down this path or this path. I know I'm, I know I'm here as a pastor, and that's a, 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 an amazing experience. I'm excited about that. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. How absurd to think that the Messiah would have to go and die at the hands of religious people. Man's response to the idea of suffering and sacrifice. This is our typical response. If God is calling us to sacrifice, we're like, no, that can't be it. That's uncomfortable. God wouldn't call me to something crazy like that, would he? He wouldn't ask me to sacrifice anything. My time, my resources, my talent. Nah, he wouldn't do that. That's uncomfortable. To Peter's credit, I get it. I understand that, hey, I would think the same thing. Hey, really, Jesus? I just, I just confess that you're the Messiah. Now you need to act like one. You don't need to go die. You need to go rule and reign. Come down on these Romans. Come down on these religious bigots. That's, that's Peter's thought. Jesus in verse 23 says this. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. How, how do you go from being the rock, the foundation of the church to Satan? That's, that's not good. That's not good. How do you go from those moments where you're like, yeah, you're the man, you're the God that's going to, we're going to put you as the rock, the foundation of the church. Nothing can come against that to the very thing that's going to come against it. How can you do that? You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Wow. Jesus is saying something pretty fantastic here. It's a full-on conversation right there. It's okay. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Here's, here's just a, a, a leadership lesson or a following lesson. Always keep the enemy behind you, not in front of you. If you're unclear about your mission, then there's something in front of you keeping it from being clear. And Jesus is saying purely to Peter, hey, you're in my way. You're in my way. Get behind me because I'm going here. This, the, mission, the mission I'm called to is forward. And I just told you what I'm about. I'm not, I don't need you in front of me trying to keep me from getting there. Okay? This is the adversary. And how many of us allow the enemy to walk in front of us rather than stay behind us? I know I have that tendency to kind of want to walk that comfortable line. I want to go that comfortable path. I want to go that easy route instead of keeping it straightforward. Yeah, there may be sacrifice. There might be suffering. There might be anything that goes along with following God's will. But at the end of the day, I'll never be disappointed or regret following his path. Matthew 4.10 is where Jesus again spoke uh, before. This was before this happened. He spoke to the enemy, 
to the devil when he was tempted in the desert. Jesus had fasted for 40 days. And the devil came and tried to, to tempt him. And Jesus said to the enemy at that time, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's an interesting part of the story where uh, the devil takes Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor and said, I will give all of this to you if you will worship me. You know what's interesting? We want the kingdom without the cross. Right? We want the comfort without the cross. We want the peace without the suffering. We want, we want the result without the sacrifice for the result. Peter wanted Jesus without the suffering, without the cross, to conquer death, hell, and the grave. But you can't do that. The mission was to conquer death, hell, and the grave. And you can't do that without dying first and raising again. Amen. We have to have the cross to have the kingdom. We have to have the cross in our lives to have the kingdom. It's a powerful, powerful truth. He says in that same passage, he says, uh, you don't have the concerns of God. You don't have the mind of God is what that really means. And Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That passage implies and, and say, says very succinctly, we must sacrifice our lives to gain an understanding of God's will. If we hold on to it, there's a block. There's something in between us that keeps God's will unclear. So if we give our lives to Jesus, then we have the ability to understand his will. Again, we live, uh, many of us live that blurred life because we let things get in the way, right? We let our, 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 our busyness get in the way. We let our temptations get in the way. We let uh, all different kinds of things get in the way or our sense of we need to keep our own security, not trusting God for our security. Those are all things and ways that we can tend to uh, put in the way of accomplishing the mission. And so we need to renew our minds. That's another value of journey groups is coming to, together, to renew our minds together, to grow together, to become more like Christ together. Amen. Verse 24 then goes on to say, then Jesus said to his disciples, this is where it gets kind of hairy. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now this is the call to mission. Jesus already said, I'm going to go die and I'm going to raise again. That's the mission. And now he's saying, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, if you want to become like me, then you have to do the same. Now, I've heard people say, this, this is the cross I bear. I have hangnails. <laughs> That's no cross. <laughs> You know, I have the flu. It's the cross I bear. You know, I'm married to so-and-so. It's the cross I bear. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> hope you're not saying that. You know, I work at this place or I work for this person. That's the cross I bear. That is not the cross. The cross is the mission. 
This has been a misquoted passage. I've even misquoted it. My younger days in, in, in faith, I thought my cross was those kinds of things. That if I'm suffering for anything, if I'm having an uncomfortable life for any reason, that that's the cross. But that's not the cross. The cross is when Jesus carried that, that piece of wood on his shoulders. And he walked down Golgotha's path. And he walked up to that mountain and he was set on that. That's the cross. But that's the suffering of that cross represents his love, his grace, his mercy for our lives. But that suffering was the mission. It was the mission to reach people that had no way out of their sin except through that cross. That's the mission. It's not our flus. It's not who we're married to. It's not having uh, not enough money. That's not the cross. The cross is saying to, to someone in, 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 that makes you uncomfortable, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? And they look at you and you go, you're a fool for believing that stuff. That's the cross. That's the cross. That's the cross that we must bear is to be a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be a representative of who Jesus would be to this world today. In the coming weeks, we're going to give you a band. It's going to say, love like Jesus would. It's just going to be like, what would Jesus do? It's going to say, love like Jesus would. Because we, I believe that this year, 2020, we need to enact the heartbeat of Jesus into our world and community. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. So this is missional thinking. This is mission-minded thinking. And Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. In other words, what is important to the mission may not be important to me. I may have a different priority. I may have a different want or wish or will even for my life, but I have to deny those things to fulfill the mission. And, and my question to you is this. I'm, I'm not asking you to quit your jobs. I'm not asking you to do any of that. But what is it about your life that is about the mission? What is it about your life that's about the mission? He says, deny themselves and take up their cross. Take up the mission of redemption, of going into this world and telling people about the love and, and, and uh, salvation of Jesus Christ. Take up that cross and follow him. What about our lives is the mission. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. I don't want to carry this cross. That's just too much. I don't want to put myself out there. You're not part of the mission. You're trying to protect you rather than represent Jesus. Let's not do that. The best you is when you're being like Christ. The best us is when we are being like Jesus. And the worst us is when we're trying to protect us. Yeah, the worst us is when we're trying to protect us instead of being like Christ. Whoever wants to save his life, their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. We grab that cross and we represent the very nature and love of Jesus and we follow the mission. Verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? 
He's equating obedience to the mission with, with a, a potential loss of our own heart, our own self. You see, this idea of life is, uh, the, there's, there's a Greek word, it's a psyche. The, the, I, be, I believe the Hebrew word is nephesh. And, and it means our inner self, our, our self, who we are. And so it says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their psyche or self? We're giving ourselves away. You see, ourselves are designed to be like Christ, not to be like anybody else. And that's why it's so important that we understand that to gain the whole world is to let ourselves go and to be like somebody else. That's why comparison in our world is the devil's enemy or the devil's tool. It's our enemy. I try and be like you, big mistake. Big mistake. I can't grow hair like some of you. I, I just am not going to be able to be like you. And if that's the goal, then I'm out. Right? But if we try and be like Jesus, that's who we were designed to be like. That's who spirit lives in us and who is to be emulated through us and in us. And as we do, then we gain, we don't lose. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Isn't it beautiful that Jesus doesn't say, you get to lose, and that's it. You get to deny yourself. You get to lose everything. But then he says there's a reward. He says there's a reward. It's his reward. It's his reward that he gets to be glorified. And it's our reward that we get to share in that. It's our reward that we get to share in that. Verse 28, truly I tell you, someone who are, uh, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. It was a powerful ending to the statement that, hey, some of you, some of you are going to experience me in a, a, a different fullness, a different way. And, and we don't understand that completely. There's not a theologian in the world that gets that statement completely. But here's the truth. Being on mission means that we deny ourselves, we take up the mission of the cross, and we follow him. I like the song that we sang, and, and Ron, if you want to make your way up here, commission my soul. Commission my soul. I pull no punches today. God is calling all of us to commission our souls. He's calling all of us to consider where we are. What is the must in your life? Do you have your game face on? Are you determined? Are you walking in straight lines or are you walking in crooked lines and all going all over the place? I do that too. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, we all have those issues and we all get distracted and we all get off mission at times, but let's, let's be a church that gets on mission, that gets on mission, that has a game face, and that we are ready just to go after the mission of God. Let's be a church that says we are not going to do anything less than stand for the love and grace of Jesus to this world, and that we are going to do everything we can to take up that cross, deny ourselves, 
And it, it may change some of your directions. It may, you may be saying, I think I'm called to ministry. I think I'm called to missions. I'm feeling that tug to go around the world. We still have some spaces to go to Brazil if you want to go to Brazil, to the Amazon. Maybe that, maybe God's saying, hey, I want you to spend $2,500 of your hard-earned money to go to Brazil to build a church. That's on mission. Maybe he's just saying, God's calling me to be a greeter, an usher, help in the office. Maybe he's telling you to, to, to do something crazy. Maybe he's telling you to, to take, take a homeless person out for lunch once a week. I don't know. What, what, what's he telling you? What must you do? What must you do in your life to follow after God's will? To deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. Right now, I'm going to ask that Ron begin to lead us in this chorus, in this song, Commission Our Soul. And I'm going to ask you just to take a bold step and come forward and fill up this altar, saying, not to me, not to Ricardo, but to God. God, I'm answering your call to deny myself. I'm taking up my cross. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go after the mission. I'm going to do whatever it takes to follow you. God's not calling you to be perfect. He's going to give you the strength to do his will. It's not in our power. It's not in our strength that we do this. It's in God's power. But we must respond. So today I felt like the Lord just said, call people forward. And if you're not ready, it's okay. It's a process. We're all in a journey, right? And, and there's no shame if you don't feel that. But if you feel that tug right now to answer the call, to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, to be on mission with Jesus, then as we begin singing, I just encourage you to make your way up. And let's see God do some pretty cool things. I'll pray for you uh, once you get up here. But um, I just believe God is tugging at all of our hearts. This is a together thing. And as we respond, we're going to see some pretty crazy things happen. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.